1: Londonist Out Loud is available free as a stream at londonist.com or a weekly download via iTunes. Hit us up on Facebook at Londonist Out Loud, tweet at Londonist Sound, and check out images of our guests via the Londonist Out Loud stream on Instagram. Hey baby, let me take you down, so we'll play some strange sights and the sound. You ain't never seen the light before, just a through from your front.
2: Baby, step out of me See of air land in the sea Some creep, some saw Down the road, jammed and stood My heart aches for some fire
3: Hello, hello. As the background noises will quickly tell you, well, I've landed a plum gig this week. I'm interviewing in a restaurant. I have delicious food and drink in front of me. We should say something about the English restaurant, by the way. It's wood-panelled, and it's very lovely. If you want something to eat in a delightful setting with lots of bankers around you, yeah we were doing okay until that point weren't we with me uh the co-founders of finding rhythms emily vermont and robin harris hi guys
1: hey Hello. how you doing? hi
3: yeah good it's nice and warm you know sometimes we do this show up on, on bridges or outside in the oh, rain yeah. this is starting out well the venue however has everything to do with comfort and nothing to do with the subject matter in hand and i think the necessary place to start really is what finding rhythms is emily
4: uh, so, Finding rhythms um, is a young charity that um, Robin and I co-founded in 2012. Um, we run music workshops in prisons and also with uh, connected communities so people who've been affected by crime uh, families of prisoners. We're experimenting with these types of ideas at the moment. Yeah, so Robin can tell you a bit more about the music model it's something that he's, he's actually done a lot in the past before, um, since about 2005 2006 time, but just recently we've co-founded as a charity, we're making it a bit more f-
1: official, we've got a strategy. Five years ago I was involved with a charity called Live Music Now, a very successful charity that was actually originally set up by Yehudi Mendoin, um in the 70s. And the idea was that it took um, musicians such as myself, working young musicians under the age of 30, into various venues and institutions around the UK. And um, That might include prisons, hospitals, ch- uh, homes for disabled children. Through my experiences with that, I was led into various prisons uh, around the southeast and southwest, one of which was Women's Scrubs. And at the same time, I was working as a uh, part time music teacher. Um, every Friday in the education department at Worldwood Scrubs, um, I managed to uh, secure some funding from a from Lloyd's TSB, who funded me to to go in and actually, a bit like an ethnomusicologist would, go in and actually record. Um, and sample the talent, musical talents that were at, at play in, within Wormwood Scrubs. And on the back of it, we had a very successful production or CD that was, was launched. It was reviewed by the Times and The Guardian and various other major newspapers, to be, you know, hailed to be a, a great success. Um, and since that time, five years ago, I've basically spent most of my my energy trying to think of ways, surviving as a musician, of course, but think of ways in which I could return back to to doing that work again because I was so compelled by how amazing... Um, uh, a response that we had by by delivering uh, music um, inside prisons, so we could talk obviously about what that means to give music inside prisons later, but that was it and I met Emily I think two years ago was it yeah. two years ago um, emily was was working uh, elsewhere, but she was suggested to me as someone who was equally fired about fired up about this type of work working with with uh, people who had been affected by crime or who were were inside because of the crimes that they committed themselves um, and it was just a, a great union of two like minded people who she had the skills i didn 't have. Um, and likewise, I had the music skills that you didn't have. So together, we, we, we forged a partnership. We set up a charity. We knew that we needed to be a very uh, uh, a, a, an official organisation, a charity that so we could basically find the funding um, and the and the, the support that we needed from the large community to carry on doing that work inside.
3: As you say, we'll be going into much greater detail as to what that work right, actually uh, consists of. So let me understand, though, for, uh, at the beginning there, you were going into prisons and recording the music al- almost as a sociological, uh, with a sociological help.
1: That was probably, at the back of my mind, an ulterior motive. I mean, I, I have a huge... Uh, music, music's not just a functionality for me in life it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing it's extremely important to me and, and anything that opens the doors to different musical genres from all around the world and the one thing that you find in prisons is that not everybody is uh, has been born in this country maybe they've come from other countries afar um, and for whatever reason trafficking you know, passport crime issues etc identity thwarts they find themselves in a in a uk prison and uh, and what i found really compelling was was learning about their musical traditions from each of those um uh, their, their national her- heritances so so i that was interesting to me uh, just from a, a young i was only 25 26 at the time so i was i was passionate and interested to hear about that
3: emily what was your background before embarking upon this
1: um,
4: well, uh, I was actually working at a film festival because I couldn't get anything, uh, get any work in this area. I'd always wanted to work. Actually, it's bizarre since I was quite a small child. I've always wanted to work in prisons in rehabilitation, and arts are my passion. That's sort of what speaks to me. I, I couldn't just go in and teach basic literacy and numeracy. Um, but I came fresh out of university, no jobs around, especially nothing paid. So um, I just thought I'll just go down the arts route, um, and then sort of through a
3: roundabout way I, I really like that I, I'm not making any money I know I'll call myself an artist and validate it that way let's make
1: it worse let's go into the arts well I'm a perpetual
4: student is, you know it's a, festival, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a great um, you know learning environment and is the kind of thing I'm passionate about I thought if I'm not going to earn anything I might as well do something I care about because um, otherwise before that I was a chef and I'd had enough of that um, so uh, yeah and then I um, just in a roundabout way then through that art um, the, the festival I got introduced to Robin which um, so it, just, it all sort of it worked
3: out in the end Really. Um, and how, and how did that conversation go? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking for a
1: reenactment, it but. Was
4: a bit like, it was a bit like I've heard you've got quite a lot of energy. Uh, can you get some money so we can
1: do another project? <laughs> yeah, I, was prob- I was probably quite. Uh, short in in what I mean I I laid it on on the table exactly what I was looking for I was I really needed someone with great organizational skills and and the ability to actually go out and and find funding because that was the only that was the that was the barrier at the moment I didn't know whether we needed to do that as as an inaugurated charity or as a community interest project I really didn't know and I pushed certain boats out in certain directions to see what what were the best you know course was to pursue, but really i, I was I was probably at a loss, or I was lost at that time as to how, how in which direction I should push to be able to get the funding in.
3: So that, that's the the framework around it, and I think we'll probably come back to that because that clearly neither of you have, had set up a charity prior to that, so yeah, that seems we're, like we're enormous. Running on, steps.
4: We're running on huge reserves of naivety and um, just sort of uh, yeah, what I do. Sort of enthusiasm
1: and passion, obviously, <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know. Um, but we are yes, definitely uh, yeah, looking for funding as well. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: so what were the what were the anchor points that you did have between you? What was it that you could see that you definitely wanted to achieve? Was it a, a goal-oriented thing?
1: I think it, I mean it's probably this. It's probably good to talk about what actually the work involves because obviously that you know the 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 main the long-term aim was that we would lower reoffending by encouraging men inside to on a voluntary basis participate and, and women <laughs> yeah uh, to participate on the music projects that we would be providing and the idea being that it would they would come forward they would you know participate in a really um a positive experience which would involve them you know improving their self you know their self-worth uh and change the way that they look on their situation inside prison and then hopefully upon release uh they you know they would they would not turn to a life of crime again but actually go elsewhere and and make a positive you know start in their lives
3: okay so let's let's talk about how that works then How, how are you achieving that
4: well, I mean, just to talk a bit, a bit to back up that statistically, um, actually, I mean, a lot is said in the news. Uh, the Daily Mail is always cracking on about how you know arts in prisons oh, are it's an outrageous waste of taxpayers' money or whatever. Um, it's it's actually now being proven in reports coming from the Ministry of Justice and um, National Offender Management Service that the arts in prisons can be an incredibly important catalyst to um, improving um, individuals' life situations. So they might have they might have had an incredibly negative experience of um, formal education in the past Um, so they're not going to sign up to something like a maths course or um, the the sort of formal education channels that they're usually on offer Um, but that music or art or drama that might be that one thing that um, sparks their interest and they think okay I'll, I'll give that a go once they've completed that course, they realise, oh, you know, I can do this, and that can that is basically um, can be play an important part in intermediate outcomes that they will then carry on and um, and do the the kinds of things so that it has the hard outcomes like employable employability skills and um, all of that.
3: There are two mental construction blocks that I need to uh, put down in my mind. One of them is I think I need to understand the penal landscape. So uh, you you mentioned signing up for courses, for example. I I think I need to understand a little bit more about how that works inside. And then, of course, we we need to talk about exactly what it is you're doing to achieve or to contribute to achieving these fantastic Mm -hmm. outcomes. But can you talk me through being uh, imprisoned and what my options are, what my, my life is like there, how that's all? going to work for me and maybe bring that around to where your course would pop up
1: yeah I mean that's I, I haven't been thankfully, I haven't been inside prison for for an offence that I've committed. So, and I and I'm probably not best qualified to actually talk about what the entire process is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only talk about and how it
4: varies very much on the prison. I mean, um, especially now, it's um, the arts are getting cut um, because funding is getting cut specifically for the arts. Um, so the, off- the what's on offer is much more limited, um, and it's it's very much more um, qualification um, focused. So if if a course doesn't have a qualification attached to it. Um, the government, uh, the governor of that prison is um, less likely to let that course happen, which is why we were so lucky. We went through the um, chaplaincy department at Wormwood Scrubs um, and they didn't have these targets that they had to hit um, with qualifications and everything. And that's why we were, we were welcomed in for this project, but that's something that we're now working on. So um, for the next project, hopefully we will be... Um, uh, Delivering uh, an edXL um, accredited BTEC qualification, which is called Supporting Employability and Personal Effectiveness, is delivered by a charity called uh, superax which is actually what um, Robin used to work for in the past.
1: I mean, I think that when people when people go in and they're sentenced and they you know they literally pass through the gates of Wormwood Scrubs, um, once they're settled in, I mean Wormwood Scrubs is a remand prison, which means that they might be waiting to be transferred. You know, so, so they may be only there for two, three months and then they're going to be transferred onto another prison depending on you know, either the severity of their crime or the length of the, the time that they need to, uh, to serve. Um, so th- are these necessarily people who've been convicted? Not uh, if, they, if bail hasn't been granted, then yeah, that's possible. That... It's a
4: remand and also re- resettlement prison. So resettlement yeah. means that um, if you're on a longer sentence, um, but you're from sort of West London area, you might get sent there. You know, when you're first um, convicted, and then you get sent out, shipped out to another prison for a, to serve the majority of your sentence, and you come back there just before you get resettled. Um, so there is a lot of um, sort of toing and froing, and people aren't there for very long stretches of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, in terms of what the options. Are for those men that we came in contact with at Worman Scrubs. There is an educa- a very good flourishing education department that offers, as Emily said before, uh, courses that are geared towards you know future employability. So it might be sort of technical skills, it might be computer IT literacy skills. As, you know, as I said earlier as well, that you know some of the, a lot of the men their first language is in English, so there might be some literacy English English classes that they attend, mathematics classes. Um, but in terms of the arts, such as drama singing, music etc
4: It's often in the healthcare department um, because it's um, geared more towards um, people who've got um, psychological um, problems so it's more art therapy um, but well, art for its own that, sake that.
1: Yeah, that's one. That's there's, yeah. I mean, there, there is music in the education. wing there's music in the chaplaincy. As I said, there are there are corners within the prison where, if someone has a leaning to being musical or wanting to bring out music in, in, in some of the prisons or, or allow them the opportunity to play guitar, they they can do that. Yes, Emily's right. In the healthcare department, they have but art um, music arts courses, but that might be based further into a, a music musical therapist role as opposed to a sort of more of a free uh, a free arts drama workshop. So we normally have to rely upon people like the chaplain or the chaplaincy service within inside prisons to I guess facilitate and allow a platform for us to go in and do the work.
3: So you're really dependent on personalities existing within the prison hierarchy who have a degree of vision in the face of these yeah, budget they need,
1: cuts. They need to buy, they need to buy what what it is that we're we're trying to do and 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 usually are are on board in terms of the 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 idea that you know music will Will, ha- will actually have an, a positive outcome for the men who are already interested in music
4: and often even when you do have your allies and um, for example a, a governor thinks yes you know you, you approach them he says yes I agree I think there's definitely a place for this in our prison I think it's a great idea and um, you know we're bringing the funding we're not asking the prison to um, contribute anything in that way
3: um, Rosa, they think, don't. It's, yeah, it's not a cost it, issue
4: no, um, it's purely often a staffing issue um, and um, if um, before, for example, we were going through the education department in another prison, um, that education de- um, uh, department provider then changed. Um, they had more targets that they needed to hit, they just said, I'm sorry, you know, even though it's not costing anything, um, anything directly, um, you know, financially, um, we don't have the staff to facilitate it. So, um, so th- all of these kinds of um, barriers.
3: I really want to jump on that issue because some of the conversations I've had around this subject in preparation for the interview focus very much on the intangibility of outcomes or the perceived intangibility you guys say and I'm sure you're quite right that you are improving the life chances and the, the reduction in crime and so forth but compared to the bit of paper that says BTEC on it for uh, you know whatever manual it's, it's a little bit difficult to, to get hold of isn't it? How do you overcome that in terms of presenting the work you do?
4: Well another element that we've decided to bring into our work is um, is bringing in a, um, a course of mentoring uh, so after the Um, we will go into the prison for this project for example we went in for five weeks one full day a week for five weeks Um, and then after that we will be linking each participant with a personal mentor so we can keep um, tracking their progress but also keep encouraging them in you know all of that fantastic um, enthusiasm that comes out through the music workshops we can then run with that and take it in the different directions that it has potential to go in so for example they might say yeah fantastic I've done music. I've made an album that's great what um what can I do next? Maybe I'll do woodwork or um you know sort of forklift driving course or you know it's completely disconnected but we can then be there for them when they need to fill out that form which they might find a bit intimidating or that they don't they don't know who to ask about things where a presence they're a bit like a holding you know your parents hold your hand when you want to apply to a college course or something and they often don't have you know prison we find prison system bureaucratic when you're a prisoner in there it's a whole lot more difficult um so so yeah and hopefully through that they will carry on meeting with that mentor regularly for 12 months um and in that way we can go a step further to showing that it's not just the music we're offering, we're offering the practical assistance as well Um, and we can hopefully, we have a few more measurables to to sort of show for what we've been doing so we've we've managed to create this fantastic creative thing but also we've managed to get them on the path to these also practical things and that will give us a stronger standing point for, for the work that we do
3: yeah, right. I'm, I'm seeing that one of the issues, not only because of Wormwood Scrubs being the sort of prison it is with quite a transitory population, but if you're not able to keep up a long-term relationship, you can't personally, even on an anecdotal level, necessarily track how people are doing and, and what happens. So is that the direction your work is likely to increasingly go in longer-term relationships? Yeah, is that maybe I'm putting words in? Your mouth? I am putting words in. Your mouth.
4: I mean, it's, it's something that we've talked about. I mean, it's, it's obviously something that we can never um, say with any certainty that we'll be able to manage. But it would be really lovely if, in some way, we do manage to keep in touch with a, a handful of the, the guys who come into our music workshops. And because it would be nice also once on release, we can have, we've sort of talked about having the Finding Rhythms alumni, um, you know, and they can carry on.
1: And the, yeah. I agree that, that you know whoever comes into contact with the, the charity finding rhythms through the workshops that I or my team run. Um, I mean, we are we, we are providing an unforgettable experience for them, and they come out. They have you know personally handcrafted their own songs, their own lyrics, their own words, their own melodies that we've facilitated, and it's it's a very it's a big journey that they go on over the period, period of time that we've got them. Um, and I think that I mean it sounds. I hear often people say, "Oh, you're just providing a musical playground for those guys to have a bit of fun inside." But actually, if they came to one of the workshops and they realise that you know there's a huge amount of emotion that's that's, that's running through those workshops, they are having to think and, and address some of their own personal issues, whether it's been a life of crime, life of uh, drug abuse, etc.
3: Can we, without mentioning names, of course, can we be specific? Could you give us an example or two?
1: Examples of, of
3: crimes that they've committed? Uh, no, there's uh, well, pe- perhaps that might come into it, yeah. but the sort of thing, the sort of experience um, that somebody has has had as part of this.
4: We mentioned we were just sort of saying earlier there's um, there was a lovely Irish guy in this um, this this project. Um, how he was described to me by the chaplain was that he was he was quite in his shell at first. He was um, he was pretty sort of nervous and wasn't really forthcoming with um, sort of contributions in the first uh, week or so. Um, and then it was about in week three he came along um, with a song that he had written. Um, it was all about gambling. Um, it was an Irish sort of folk tune. Um, it was really witty um, and the guys well Robin will be able to describe it in a sec but um, they just ran with it and you can hear when you listen to that track, it's called um, Our Georgie the Gambler you can hear the joy in his voice while he's singing it and everyone behind him is is joining in and it's just almost like you can hear this sort of the amazement that you know these people are actually they're enjoying something that he's created and after that apparently he just came out of his shell like a butterfly absolutely loving it and, and when I met him in week five, he just could not stop talking. He was saying... You know, oh, you know, this is what you're doing is fantastic. I really, really can't. I've never been told that I was good at something before. Now, you know, your course—you'd have to break my arm to get me to say something bad about this. Um, I, I've got all these great ideas for you. I want to help you, um, you know, raise money. I'm a, I'm a professional busker. I'm going to get out. When I get out, give me a locked box, so I'm not going to nick your money, okay? Um, and I'm going to make you two hundred, three hundred pounds in a day. I promise you. I want to, I want to bring this on to other people. And just all of you could, all of this enthusiasm—it breaks your heart to imagine him then going back to his cell, and it just has to. You know, it falls on dead ears. It has to end, and he doesn't manage to get anywhere with that. So that's where the sort of idea of mentoring came in. But it was um, and that,
1: yeah, and that's and that's the point about you know you talk about the tangible outcomes. You know, someone like that who perhaps his own, his self perception of himself or his self worth, you know, who hasn't quite managed to you know he is literate, you know he's, he's great with the English language, um, has no problems with with maths etc. He has, for all intents and purposes, core skills to go out and get a job, and he when, upon release. But for some reason he wasn't connecting or engaging with with people outside his own you know his immediate circle and I think going on something like the, the music workshop that we provided with finding rooms it, it, it allowed him to come out of that shell and, and to connect with himself and then connect with people around him and, and he certainly had a v- big turnaround you know
3: do you, is, uh, there's something about asking the question that I'm about to ask that feels cheap but I'm going to do it anyway and then unpack it maybe very simply what was he convicted of do you know
1: no, we don't. We don't know the crimes, and and it's probably important that we 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 uh, we, we don't know individually what people di- did, um, and and that's quite an important part of our work. Is that we're not fully aware. We what we can stipulate is the 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 severity of crime So we train, generally try to work with people who are close to coming out, maybe over a year, two, three years, mm-hmm. ideally, so that those those guys have a chance to be directly influenced by the the, the project, and then can te- then go on afterwards and, and perhaps you know participate on the mentoring scheme. Um, however, there are a few things that slip through the net, um, you know, something that's out of our control. But generally speaking, our target group are people who have sentences perhaps? I don't know, have we ever put a, year, a number of years on it? I mean, no, so, not at all.
4: I mean, um, yeah, just in terms of the mentoring um, it's fantastic, If the, we usually aim for them to come out, um, have at least sort of three months left, um, up to six months, um, so that we've got a bit of time to get to know them inside the prison and then when they come out they've still got some time to be mentored but um, this is um, the first project as finding with them so um, it all takes a little bit of uh, time yeah. to get messages through and, and sometimes
1: we don't have complete control over the group mm-hmm. because of the nature of the bureaucracy within, within prisons You know, I mean, the way we had to advertise through the chaplaincy, who put up a note on the the wings to say, look, who's got musical skills, who's interested in participating in these workshops, and the men came forward, you know. Um, All all we can do is try to sort of say to the the person who's, you know, procuring the men off the wings, you know, this is ideally the target group that we're looking for. But in this case, you know, she wanted us to connect, particularly with people like the Irish chap we talked about, who had been really, become disconnected with, very disconnected, who wasn't participating in the education programme. So he really, yeah, he was... he busked all his life on the streets in London so he was someone who really needed who music if any if music was going to do anything to anyone it would be to him Because he and, and thankfully he responded really positively to it
3: we're going to come to the music in a moment because we have, that's the one thing we haven't actually touched what sort of music it is but I kind of want to deal with the social politics of it First, as somebody working in the media, I was obliged to become a liberal on the day I started work and uh, I believe that's contractual. But I can imagine that there might be people listening to this who are hearing Emily your descriptions of this guy uh, like a butterfly yeah. and would probably be thinking uh, something along the lines of stuff it and yeah you hear that sort of view expressed a lot particularly i think given the the financial situation and throw away the key yeah how
1: how do you how do you deal with all that sort of stuff because i do the work and and it's something that i think about all the time and as i said you know i've encountered tons of criticism and i feel it myself which is that are we just going into prisons and providing a musical playground for these guys to have a load of fun and thrash around with guitars and sing is that really giving them their due, uh, you know, due punishments. If you want to look at it like that, and I think it's really good that you raised that question. My simple way of getting over any any um, any doubts about this is that if we, in any way, even on an abstract level, are lowering reoffending by any stretch, if we are making a positive difference to even just one of the. 20, 30, 40 men and he is less likely to attack my children on the street then I think it's a good thing and, that's, and, that's, and, that's, and that is real or, or to do harm to someone that we know in our communities if, this, if it helps bring about that outcome then I'm very happy to carry on doing this work
3: then I must jump on the if straight away and I know this is where the conversation will always be going for you uh, as you have it which is if that's the case how come your particular course is being uh, brought into prisons with less eagerness than the BTECs and other bits and pieces what's the disconnect there?
4: Um, it's, I think it's simply down at the moment. There's there's such a sort of um, a public fever for uh, statistics and um, quantitative evidence over qualitative. So the arts have always had a hard time at trying to quantify those kinds of life-changing transformations that happen to people in their personal, you know, their personalities, um, rather than just being able to tick. Oh, this person has managed to pass X number of exams and blah blah da, 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 da. Um, But that's something the arts is getting better at. Um, a fantastic. Organization organisation called um, the the Arts Alliance which started in 2006 um, uh, specifically to try and bring all arts um, in criminal justice setting uh, charities together and sort of you know, strength in numbers. Um, they've done some research um, to help try and sort of find ways that we can quantify what we do. Um, so for example quantifying the intermediate outcomes, maybe we can't say that because of our course this person hasn't re-offended, we can say that because of our course this person who has been in prison in and out for ten years and has never engaged in anything before, he's engaged in ours and within six months he's engaged in another course. And we can say with some level of certainty that we have contributed to that positive change in that person's life. Also another argument, just a very basic one, is um, saying oh the endless uh, argument about you know cutting reoffending prison itself does not cut reoffending. 61% of prisoners um, last year who went in for a sentence of less than 12 months reoffended again within a 12 month period. Um, it's just absolutely phenomenal. It's over two thirds, uh, almost two thirds. Um, so you know, and if we can just say oh even if uh, half of the people who went on our course haven't reoffended within five years that's a good thing like Robin was saying
1: yeah I mean I I I have to get philosophical because I mean that is a, that is the nature of music and and, and it is an abstract art form um, and it's never going to give you quite a simple. I did this qualification stamp, well done. Now you go out into the world and you get, earn a job. You get a job. I mean, it's just it, it doesn't work that way. And I think that people who understand anything about music understand that you know it, that as a, as a as a force it moves in very mysterious ways and it can touch people in all kinds of capacities. Um, I mean, here's just but, for,
3: no, but not just music. The making of music. That's that's a, a, a fundamental uh, ingredient here isn't
1: it well I, th- I mean obviously yes that is the fundamental ingredient with finding rhythms i mean uh, you know um uh, on a passive level people listening to music can also obviously have a, have a huge impact I yeah, mean, if-
3: but pre- pre- presumably though if uh, if it were just the music itself and not the making of music you could just uh, sling a cd under the cell door and everything would be fine but it, there's something about the making of
1: the music Precisely yeah and this is this is obviously the key to the way that we're, we're finding rhythms um, I mean that that is the work that we're doing uh, I was just going to very quickly give you an example of just a, a young child who I teach in a primary school who um, he's just I think he's reception year so he's quite a young little boy um, and he ha- has learning difficulties but those learning difficulties haven't quite yet fully emerged or the extent to which he has learning difficulties and but you know children like that are still within the mainstream now i don't know what you know how how things have progressed in schools over the last 20-30 years but the child is starting already to have certain disconnections to his peer group because of the the learning difficulties that he's got now I'm just putting this out there but there are there is a good bunch of facts to show that a lot of people who who end up committing crimes have either had learning difficulties in the past or mental health issues that haven't been addressed um This child just suddenly discovers that he finds a djembe in his classroom and every time he picks up the djembe he manages to copy the speech rhythms of people talking to him, which, up until that point, he hadn't actually been able to engage in a, in a meaningful conversation or, or to be able to do a simple call and call response. Whereas when he's got a drum or using some element of, of percussion instrument, he, he, could, he could better communicate at that level. Now, obviously, the child needs to go on and learn literacy and English and vocabulary and learn how to construct his sentences because that's how, you know... But what I'm suggesting is that there are a lot of people who go through mainstream education who fall to the sides to the margins of society because of their various learning difficulties and then one of the th- one of the great things about music and obviously I'm converted because I'm the one that delivers the music workshops however there are so many responses positive responses to being involved in music making you're going to ask me what my what the music classes are about
3: well I, I am but I'm, I'm going to leave that until after a, a, a half-time break <laughs> <laughs> because one thing I'm conscious of with both of you is that you're a million miles an hour. And something I've been quite enjoying as we've been having the conversation is I'm used to sort of guiding the conversation as is my wont. And you guys have both been doing that as well. And uh, I guess this might come from uh, work. It may be personality. It may be work habits. So alongside the music, I want to ask about uh, the elements of this that are your personality and what you bring to it and maybe the challenges that you've faced and the things that uh, somebody else in your role might find easy, but that you've had to work particularly hard at. Because I guess it's people on both sides who are trying out new things and, and learning. So we'll come back after a break and a word from our sponsor.
1: Londonist Out Loud is sponsored by Audible. To claim your free audiobook from a range of 60,000 titles, try the Audible service on 30-day free trial. Audiobooks can be saved as MP3s and played on your compatible phone, tablet, or desktop, or burned to CD, and they're yours to keep. For your free audiobook, go to www.audible.co.uk slash Londonist and click through.
2: i pressure, whole oh, pressure, whole oh, now pressure. I'm drop on you. And I'm putting pressure, whole oh, pressure.
5: Something's telling me friends are becoming enemies, phony people surrounding me, drowning in animosity. So I keep the stick on me. People wanna bury me, take me straight to the cemetery. So I'm moving carefully. All this is insanity, hatred is growing inside of me, savagely taking over me, drastically it's controlling me. Can't trust nobody, not even my family. Having visions of go in prison for eternity. I'm seeing people bleeding, screaming. My dreams or my enemies. And people that's very close to me, drinking and laughing, joyfully. I'm laying in a coffin. And people won't even mourn for me. Looking down from heaven, I see they've been waiting patiently. Now that I am gone, they're so happy to see the back of me. I wake up kinda rapidly, sweating, my thoughts attacking me. Realizing my dream is connected to reality. Is it you? Oh,
2: yeah. Is it you? Oh, yeah.
0: The crack came on the scene. It made me mean. No, I didn't realize the pain I was in. I started getting high on my own supply And I knew deep down that I might just die But I couldn't live a lie to my people Don't cry for me cause it's evil You know why? I'd be using that shh on the glass and plastic I'm living drastic and it ain't fantastic I tried to change my ways but the crack had me caught up in the haze see, I couldn't see what it was doing to me, yo I was crying inside that I want to be free, see but it took control of me and my destiny and you see, what that I snorted enough too much of it, I maintained too much pain and it blew my brain, it blew Again. So
2: much pressure depend with, and all the family and all the things we need to see. And how we want to be. We are prisoners and we want to be free. Oh, Lord, yes, we, yes, we want to be free. We want to be free. Yes, we are still part of humanity. The Lord pressure, oh, pressure, oh, no, pressure. Come on you.
3: Well we're at the English restaurant in Spitalfield Out of the window we can see RBS and the uh, towers of Bishop's Cave. With me, Emily Vermont, the MD of uh, Finding Rhythms And Robin Harris, the creative director And it's that creativity to which we now turn We've talked about music workshops for half an hour without, uh, without talking about the music so what sort of music are we t- I don't even know. What, what kind of musician are you? On?
1: I guess I, I I wear a number of hats like a lot of um, freelance artists, performing artists, musicians do. Um, I I had a, a degree of formal training up to a certain point, but a lot of my music that I, I find myself uh, performing is based around learning from ear and improvised music so that has led me to the pop camps the jazz camps the blues camps you know uh, spiritual gospel um, world music folk um, generally speaking not classical music although I can read music but that's not really my, my expertise Do you,
3: have you heard the Paul McCartney quote about the tuba
1: all I ca- caught of that was have you heard of Paul McCartney yes <laughs> let's,
3: let's, let's try that again without
1: McCartney the cutlery trash. in the background <laughs>
3: have you have you heard the uh, the Paul McCartney quote about the tuba?
1: Yes, uh, something like you know, give me anything, even a tuba, and I'll make it sound good or sound it musical. Yeah, yeah. The
3: idea that, that being he an artist is the primary thing, and he sort of applies that across the board, whatever.
1: Was telling me about that about drummers of the day that. Um the best drummers are those who are musicians and artists before which is why i think ringo star was possibly not the world's best drummer in the world you know i think he were uh, you know perhaps he wasn't a great artist oh look emily's emily boy is going i can't believe you just said that controversial i don't even really i don't really
4: even know very much about ringo star
1: so i can't really comment but i was just thinking just on principle the, the establishment just had a massive face of shock then oh my god anyway yeah um but yeah no you're right i mean it's it's yeah i I think that the great thing about the work with finding rhythms is that we are we, we are all about you know the musicians that deliver the work are our artists themselves in their own right we've had some fabulous musicians who've who've come on the program with us and and helped to facilitate that because really it's not this work isn't really about you and your your um, your direct performing skills it's about taking what you understand and you know and helping other people Bring that out of themselves.
3: Is, is there an ego thing that goes on there, then, where you have to sort of sit back a little bit and not make the artistic choices that would be f- your own?
1: That is constantly a, a line that I have to um, go back and forth over because you want to get the ball rolling, you want to spark some artistic creativity. Um, uh, I mean, for example, you know, um, one of the guys in the last projects approached me with some words. Uh, he was. He wrote a great song called Peace and Unity it was a lovely song I think in his mind he heard it as a dub song now one of the things that we don't have is the facility when we go into prisons to harness th- all the kind of production and the you know the beat the 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 drum machines etc. You know we, we we don't we didn't even have a bass guitar for the first four sessions or even let alone a bass guitar amp. So so we we, you, the, we have quite a unique method in the way that we generate material with them. Somehow, however, I jumped on the piano. Yes, so that was me influencing what he was doing to a degree, but somehow what came out of it was a really great gospel tune. And he had never intended in his mind that it was going to sound anything other than like a dub tune with like loads of heavy subwoofing bass going through the sound system. But we ended up with a beautiful gospel tune that which he was thrilled with and he really liked it. So there is an example of something where perhaps yeah I facilitated a direction because we had limitations um, and yes that was me playing the piano but at the same time he it was all of his words it was his melody you know what we've tried to do is make them uh, move with with our with our resources you know i mean for example some of the guys might want a full string section We'd, sadly, we couldn't get, you know, the LSO string section into the prison. Oh, this is a rubbish charity. I don't know why we're doing this interview. You couldn't... <laughs> yeah. We have to work with, um, with a very specific model which allows us to utilise and get the most out of, of them in a very limited space of time. I mean, what we... The, 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 without giving too many of our trade secrets away, cause I'm, <laughs> but um, we have a method which we use, which primarily anchors around looping, Uh, Looping, if you don't know what that means, it means that you have a recording device that you take in. Uh, Someone generates a noise, I'm going to put it in very primitive terms now. If they make a noise, then it is recorded and then it repeats itself on a regular patterned cycle. Okay. if I was being uh, witty
3: I would get the editor to now repeat that sentence that you've just said a few
1: times (laughs) it repeats over and over essentially what happens I always like this idea of likening it to a bit like a Quakers meeting, people if they feel moved by what's just been generated will then throw another idea in. and what we essentially do is we end up layering a huge cacophony of sounds, Um, this sounds very random and chaotic but actually it's not because each musical has to get past me essentially so yes in that respect I'm not artistically driving what they're generating but I am kind of filtering I'm saying oh I think we could do that better but what it means is that very quickly we break through any technical musical barriers that those guys might have in other words we had a great a fantastic pianist um, in, inside who hadn't touched the piano for six months But there was a piano in the room. And someone like that, maybe he needed just a couple of goes at it, but very quickly he could get his his sound and what he was trying to achieve down onto onto the the loop cycle um, without having to and he was doing it in isolation. So he was adding this is the other beauty of looping, is that you can kind of layer things in isolation. Um, Anyway, the, the outcome of this is that over the said number of hours that we have those guys generating that material that we come up with a, a soundscape of essentially sections of songs that they've they've created themselves um, we then have a break we have a breather, we listen back to it and they have headphones that they all listen to the sounds and we establish where perhaps there are gaps that need filling in terms of the, the, the outcome or the, the desired outcome of their song and how it should sound so what you end up hearing and if you listen to the CD we've just produced is a very coherent list of 10 songs with bridges with verses with choruses with intros with outros but the way that we achieve that i mean it's remarkable that we only had five sessions all day sessions admittedly but we had five sessions in total and we actually managed to produce something like 12 13 songs which is an enormous amount of material to get through with only up to 10 men so that's that's how we how we we we, we get the material out there it's
3: fascinating, and so so simple as well. In fact,
1: it would. I. I mean, I look. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to boast. It's not. It's not. It sounds very simple. Obviously, what we are heavily, and this is obviously part of what the funding uh, goes to, is finding people who are, as we said, you know, who are perhaps performing artists who have an incredible knowledge already of of being able to understand musical traditions outside their own and break with their own comfort barriers not try to influence other people's decision making in the process because again the whole idea is empowerment of them not you so it's fine And, and it's obviously and then finding people who've got educational experiences Uh, who are able to work in that setting and then added on to that, work within a prison
3: It may be that listener, bells will be going off in your ears, musical bells appropriately, and you you might be thinking this is you, so if that's the case then for that, or or indeed for the CDs that Robin's mentioned here, uh, Finding Rhythms Google it, uh, take a look, we'll give details of the website at the end of the session here. I wanted to bring Emily uh, back in as well and ask also about the one of the first things you said which is uh, you are working with prisoners and other people affected by crime? What does that mean?
4: Yeah, um, so this is basically, um, it's a concept that actually, it came, somebody put this um, thought in my mind, he was in fact a resettlement officer at Brixton Prison, turned uh, management consultant, so quite an interesting combination, and he was giving us some advice in the early days, Um, and he just pointed out this really interesting idea that um, no charities. That we know of and that he knows of um, are working with both prisoners and um, victims of crime um, through the arts. Um, and but none, nonetheless, um, restorative justice is the, is the new buzzword. Um, everyone's going for it, um, guns
3: blazing. Now th- um, this is there was an unfortunate sorry. turn of phrase. Um, <laughs> this, this, is, this is where the the victims and the perpetrators m- sort of meet each other. Exactly.
4: So um, so the traditional restorative justice model is where um, the the direct um, victims and perpetrator meet, um, and it's for Facilitated um, by an organisation, so it's all organised and sort of curated, if you like, Uh, and. that the success rate of those pairings is incredibly high, um, or satisfaction rate is what it's called, um, but the um, circumstances where that is possible um, is, the statistics are very low, um, not always um, c- can you find the perpetrator of the crime that um, has affected you or... Um, you oh, know, right,
3: the- right, because it's got to be specifically that, but it exactly. can't be a representative of that crime. Yeah,
4: well uh, they have tried that sometimes as well, um, In, for example a seminar kind of setting where um, you know a victim will go into a prison and uh, give a talk but um, the success rates of those Um, Sort of setups is um, considerably considerably lower. Um, So we just sort of thought that um, this, the the, the fact that not um, so many pairings could be set up um, directly um, is is one thing. But also the fact that music itself has such a capacity for communication, and also it it removes the the kind of potential for confrontation and um, for intimidation um, also it can be commu- you can communicate through music without even needing to meet so we decided to have a, have a go at Trying to kind of weave a dialogue between people who've been affected by crime. So this has t- turned out to be not only victims, but people who have um, grown up around crime. It's affected their lifestyle. Um, maybe they, um, you know, got, they've, they've had um, parents or family who've been in prison, and um, so so in a more indirect way, they're not always the victims of, um, of crimes. Um, but uh, so creating music with these two groups separately. So um, the way that Robin just described um, exactly identical model going in making music, um, and then those tracks. The idea was that we would take the tracks, which have been made um, by people who've been affected by crime, into the prison. Those prisoners would then respond to that um, with their own sort of musical response. Um, this is something that um, is sort of is great in principle, but uh, I think in resources, um, in resource terms, it's going to take a whole lot more. Um, sort of work to be able to get to to the level that we want so we've sort of experimented with it for this project we're going to hopefully try and take it further but
3: um, I'm feeling a bit anxious (laughs) um, about your about your description there I mean certainly uh, I know that you guys wouldn't do anything without being sure-footed about the way in which you go about it Uh, at the same time um, the idea of listening to I don't know I'm going to be silly about it but like you nick my car you nick my car and then playing that to (laughs) somebody who nicked their car Really? With the, do, has, has this been tried and tested?
1: Yeah, it has, and I and I was part of that workshop that, that where we did exactly that. We we played you young young guys were in in a in a, in a, in a, uh, a youth centre in Kings Cross material that had been generated inside prison and gauged their response. And likewise, then we also res- played some material that we'd written with the young guys in um, in North London to 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 the, the prison target group that we were working with at the time. Wormwood scrubs. I mean, the responses were um, certainly with intent listening. I so mean,
3: is the music actually about the uh, about the issue at hand, the crime?
1: Some, some. N- n- no, no, it's not. It's, it's not.
4: The I mean, it's, it's about, oh, for example, the tracks that we played The, the young people um, were, uh, and they were sort of um, often. A, a lot of them were in vulnerable situations, at risk of offending. So it sort of had a, a double um, sort of aim, really. Um, and the tracks that were made in the prison that we played them were talking about, you know, I'm wasting so much of my life away in prison, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, they, so they were definitely listening hard to, to that so message. They, they,
1: um, they, did, they didn't talk about this. I thought you were asking the specific crimes that they committed. Yeah. No, they not The songs don't talk about that. Um, the songs talk about their waste. lifestyle inside prison and how it's basically, they would rather be outside they're basically, it's more of of an an outlook of their, uh, or indication of their incarceration and and how they feel about that and that is what the young guys in, in King's Cross were responding to, was the idea of incarceration, and actually, from on a a positive level, they they responded very well to that. Even though that they they didn't directly, they weren't kind of writing letters to each other, but that we had a big discussion with young guys who were possibly on the on the verge of maybe going into a life of crime or were thinking about making certain decisions, which you know might come have have unfavorable outcomes. They certainly took on board what it meant to be locked up inside, and, and it sent and the and the material that we played them sent a very direct message to them, which was to say. Really, do you really want to go down that road um, so that, that was very positive I mean we in theory had had an idea that we were going to try and weave a musical dialogue again we're a very young charity and this is you know, we have a lot more work to do, we have a lot more projects that we have to underwrite and, and, I, and I would like to think that we, we would keep pushing our outreach programmes to all kinds of people who've, been, who've come in contact with the, with the criminal justice system um, but we are at a very early stage so
4: also, I think um, the part of the reason that a dialogue didn't quite emerge in this project was that um, we only really had the budget to um, run two sessions with yeah. um, outside of the prison, and that really isn't enough um, to to sort of bring out um, you know real material that we can work with. But hopefully, um, you know, moving moving on into the next uh, few projects, that's something we can build on.
1: I mean, you t- you talked about before about the outcomes of. Uh, uh, sorry, you talked about yeah how how one could find a uh, tangible outcome to in- involved in in. Musical projects, and we're all, as opposed to, is it just a musical playground? And really, that's not. There's no. There's not really changing their outlook or their life prospects. I mean, what I would say is that the more work that we do in various environments and institutions around the UK means that we're fostering a community of people who are coming in and out of, of, of contact with us, whether it's through our mentoring scheme or whether it's through the musicians or through Emily. That we are creating a community of people, and of course, we're effect, infecting people with our our notions of what work we're doing to so maybe the youth workers that work in that centre, and they will. Pass on that message. So, uh, that, that is, those are the uh, tangible outcomes that, that w- we're spreading a message as well uh, without trying to sound too sort of you know, taking over the world. You know, it's a, oh, that's the charity that works with people inside prison and this is what they do and they do this really amazing work w- using music. Um, I think it's, it's sending a very strong outreach message to people as well. Yeah.
3: It, it does seem to me something that, you, that from what you've said and also from sort of uh, information that trickles down about prisons is that a lot of the people inside are either well there's a lot of mentally ill people in prison which is not to say that they're not uh, also uh, guilty for committing criminal acts but they're perhaps in uh, difficult positions in terms of the, the way they think the way they feel and a lot of people who've been marginalized by for example education as you, as you mentioned earlier on and it seems to tackle some of those issues merely with qualifications is a little short-sighted because these are not Qualification issues, first and foremost, are they? But...
4: Another, Another point that you shouldn't uh, sort of everything gets glossed over um, is that when you're in prison. You're not just going to sit in your cell and think okay that's fine i'm going to take my punishment you are going to look for a, an escape and drugs and alcohol do exist in prisons they're prolific um and we can be that escape if you know the guys who are coming to our sessions they they have an incentive not to come you know completely up to the eyebrows on speed or whatever and you know speed does exist in prisons i've come across you know guys who you know saying oh i'm having a party on the wings tonight and i think on oh, how on earth does that get in there but it does um we can be that that's that outlet um and that thing to look forward to in the week um, they all come back and sort of say oh you know and they've been productive in in that week um, in between the sessions and they've written um, they've written uh, lyrics to contribute to the next session they're doing something productive which is just it really can't be overlooked it's just as simple as that really
3: so this is really a genuinely holistic approach
4: yeah well, you,
1: you
3: don't seem convinced. I
1: am Hol- holistic approach.
3: Yeah, it seems as though actually it's not just it's not just one uh, element that's being tackled here. It sounds like there's a there's a whole bunch of different issues that you're drawing together and uh, and working with and and um, well maybe finding a vent for some of those issues. I yeah, know.
1: I mean it's like it's like you said it's uh, it's covering things that qualifications don't often touch upon and it and it, it does. I mean that's the beauty of music. That's the beauty of the arts is that it, it it's a very encompassing and it mops up a lot of areas that often. Are, are overlooked if you know if people have fallen through the net because they didn't quite manage to, you know, pass their their O level or GCSE maths, you know, or they and you know there's been a series or uh, entrenched pattern of behaviour because they, they failed in certain areas of their lives. Um, again, you know, arts programs like what Finding Rhythms pr- provides is a way of getting those guys back on track again, uh, in, in, involved in a very real, practical um, music making project that will allow them to you know create their own works think about the words that they're writing think about melody and 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 musical construction in a recorded sense they have a tangible outcome which is that they're going to have a CD at the end of it which their family their friends People that they know are going to actually hear. They're going to say, "Wow, he didn't just sit in his cell and do nothing. He actually wrote that song and talked about and sang about how he was feeling and what that experience was was like to be incarcerated." I mean, they don't just talk; they don't just sing about their incarceration. They sing about many, many, many things. Some of it's on, on, you know, it's on on the the edge slightly. You know, in terms of about a good half of the songs have a lot of rapping in, uh, which is just a a musical leaning that a lot of the guys seem to have. Very, you know, very, uh, very, they're very adept. At, at delivering, um, and in the raps, they they will talk about you know things that they have done in the past or they've experienced or why they've fallen into the life that they have done. So you know some of it's very real, very raw, very on the edge. It doesn't make for the for the most comfortable listening, perhaps to some people. However, it's really I mean it was important from from my perspective as as, a, as, a, as an artistic director of the charity that we we aren't just. Sending out nice butterfly messages to everyone that we are—we've got to say to people, you know, this is a very real. We are tackling issues with these guys, and we are—we want to open the, you know, open the transparent um, binoculars into into those people's lives and see what they what they're about and what they're thinking and feeling.
3: Well, one of the things I wonder about what they're thinking and feeling. It would be easy. I mean, you've got a vested interest, let's be honest, in uh, presenting the the professional successful side of the charity. There have got to be moments where this comes off the rails and is nudge back on. But you must be facing, particularly in the early days, you must have been facing difficult Moments. Neither of you is a, a gnarled, bearded old ex-con who carries the the wisdom of the thirty years inside about them. I am imagining there must have been some issues in terms of getting trust, in terms of um, establishing credibility, maybe other issues.
4: Yeah, that's a good point, and that's something which is really interestingly. I mean, Robin has always sort of said he actually gets on fine with the guys because they respect him because musically. That's something that's come out um, recently in the uh, again, like I said, the Arts Alliance and their research um, that. The the status of the practitioners um, in um, workshops in prisons, um, the status of them being a professional in their field... Cannot be underestimated, and um, that that really does um, garner respect and um, and fantastic sort of positive outcomes in the participants. Um, and that is just it's so true of Robin and his guys going in. I also wanted to give a mention of um, Will Worsley, who is the um, sound engineer, because this whole model is based on um, you know Robin and Will were the original duo who used to go in, and uh, they are absolute experts. And uh, it takes so much, um, you know, it, it's a really pressured environment, and and um, you know Will and and Robin worked like a very well-oiled machine. Um, and those guys go in and they, they see that, and, you know, Will and Robin might not look like big bruisers who are the typical kind of people who get respect in prisons, but they certainly did. I mean, when I went in um, in that final session, saw them all performing, they you know, they absolutely listened to every... They were hanging on every word Robin said, but yeah. Robin can talk more
3: about let, that. Let me, let me take that as being the, the experience that you have 99% of the time. I'm curious to know about where you meet the edge of that
1: yeah no definitely there, I, there, there are edges there are moments where it's very un- generally in, in the rounds I can only I can speak positively about 99% of the experiences there are obviously a few occasions where where we haven't lost control of the group but uh, there, there's been a moments where there's been a miscommunication or where a, 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 an emerging personality trait comes out of a very difficult character um, I've, I've never had to stop a session in all the time that I've been doing it. I've never had to stop a session. Um, perhaps sometimes I've had to enlist some additional help from another resource in the prison. Um, but
3: that, that sounds like a careful language, meaning you've had to get a couple of warders in to watch your back.
1: There's been a moment where I've, I, I wanted to tell a, a warden that there was a situation which I wanted to avoid, perhaps, um, uh, as it happened on that particular occasion, though, the guy that helped me was the chap who was teaching English in the in the wing at the time, and was a, a great performance poet as well. And he came in, and uh, he absolutely saved my bacon because what he did was he he immediately en- engaged them in a in a in a sort of a dialogue of poetry with with some of the key. I mean, it sounds very it sounds very you know uh, ethereal or whatever, rather sort of. I don't know arty fartsy but he really did. He managed to sort of take them on because it was still, in this context, it was just very musical. It was still there was music still there, but it was music to the point of it was almost like they were protesting about their situation, and it was they were getting very heated by it. You know, think of liberation songs. It was that kind of. There was a lot of passion and and, and, and energy in what they were they were doing. And but I what did, like, what did you feel at that point? Yeah, I felt frightened, and I felt. Um, I felt very uncomfortable, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it what it was because I knew that these guys had respected me I'd been there for quite a while, but there was a, there was a, you know but again this is these are situations that happen so rarely um, you know there are examples you know people might might say something inappropriate to one of their their uh, fellow you know their peer their peers, but very quickly and I think this has come with my my age and, and experience of doing this work is that very quick i, I immediately stop it, I point out exactly what's just happened and I say it, I cannot do these workshops if I'm going to have this kind of language amongst them and, and it's so rare, hardly ever, that I hear another man dissing another man in the workshop the whole point of this, and this workshop wouldn't work if it didn't come down to people respecting each other because it's all about individual contributions and if one person doesn't come forward and, and feel that he can give a contribution without, without some reproach from other men then it just it would fall flat on its face, the, the, very, the very essence, the core of this musical model that we deliver is about everyone being involved, even the people that have been on the margins at some point get involved in the project, so...
4: And that's what so is, uh, it was so lovely um, in that final week. We all sat around a, again, a bit like a Quaker meeting, and all just talked about um, the, the project and people's feedback on it. And what was so lovely to see was, without any prompting, the guys. So it's not just respect for Robin; it's respect within the group because the guys were they were pointing out things that they liked about each other's songs. So, uh, for example, the the guy who did the sort of the, the dub and reggae started saying to the, the Irish guy, "You know, I never listen to that kind of music, but you know, that really spoke to me because my son's into gambling, and you know, I thought that was brilliant." And then, you know, the the Irish guy was talking somebody else spoke over him and the other another guy to sort of- shut him down and said no let him finish and, and it was all very self-policing it was, it was, it was fantastic absolutely. to see there's a lot um, of
1: self-governance amongst the group they are very they're very. I mean I think I've heard that that's part of the survival uh, inside prison is to obviously be very you know, so, you know to a certain degree be very sociable with you know, the people that you work with but, but absolutely you know there was a huge amount of self-governance self-policing you know the, the, the least musical guy ended up offering his skills another way by, by count, almost chairing some of the Quite kept creative moments where loads of ideas have been thrown into the bag. Oh no, we should we should play a D chord there now, or, or even if they know what. Oh, what about that kind of chord, or maybe it needs just drums there. There was there's a huge. I mean, you know, if you have been involved in a music workshop or an arts workshop or a drama workshop, you know, that the very the very nature of it is that there's a lot of ideas, which is of course part of the secret to the success of these projects. Is that you are tapping into that. Inner a, in a core of creative vision and idea, which is what awakens, like the Irish guy who, who hasn't really had an opportunity to express himself. But probably not just inside prison, but for the last 30 years before, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity to really share that.
3: We're coming to the end of our time. Um, Unbelievably. It really has flown past, yes. I guess the only thing I I sort of wanted to get, maybe just pulling away from your projects and and thinking about the charity situation in London at the moment more generally. I know you mentioned you've come across other organisations perhaps operating in a similar field and I'm I'm sure other tangential concerns. We know there's not much money going on, generally speaking, so we'll take that as a given. But what's the sort of charity landscape in London at the moment from your point of view?
4: Um, Well, yeah, it's tough. There are a lot of um, charities out there after similar funding pots, but what was really reassuring was actually recently, for example, there's a, there's a great charity called Music in Prisons, and it's quite obvious what they do <laughs> uh, out there. I met with a, um, I just came across one of their trustees the other day, and I sort of said, Oh, this is what we do, and sorry, I hope we're not treading on your toes. I mean, we're actually friends with them, I, we know the, the guys who lead Music in Prisons quite well. Um, and he said, No, I mean, the, the fact is, there are always going to be more prisoners out there who need access to these things, and um, and they don't have the resources to meet them all. We're not going to have the resources to meet them all. We're all, um, you know, we're all in it together, really. Um, and um, it's it's actually really nice to see the sort of collaborations which are coming out, um, cross arts and, and between very similar organisations. Um, because we're starting to realise that we can't go it alone um, and it's, it's not always best to go after the government funding and we're, we're, not, we're not going to get permanent positions in prisons as arts organisations often. Um, so, um, so yeah, it, it is a bit sort of... It's very uncertain, but it's, it's a very sort of... There's a lot of camaraderie out there at the moment, which is, um, it is really nice. Um, but, yeah, also it would be good to break... Not, not, not only stick to London, because um, so much of the resources are... Focused on London at the moment, and there are prisons out there, you know, up in sort of Newcastle or wherever, um, that just don't really get a look in. So that's sort of it's, it's on our radar. We'd like to go sort of UK wide if we can.
3: And I'll bet you there's better funding up in
1: places like that.
4: Yeah, I mean, it seems so. It's very specific funding, but yeah.
3: Well, it's the first time we've had a round of applause at the end of a <laughs> podcast, nice. and I not was, before I time. I was
1: deeply moved by that, Emily. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say before we do. <laughs> we could be here for a while um, I just wanted to say I mean obviously um, we talked about how how does one prove the effort of a charity like Finding Rhythms I do just urge anyone who's listening to this please listen to the songs that these guys have created because I can't tell you how much um, energy and resource went into making those songs what they are and they are an absolute testament to to men who have absolutely turned their lives around through this through this musical workshop um, process that Finding Rhythms are delivering and, and do go to the website download stream anything like that just have a listen to it because you'll be very impressed the website being
4: Um, www.finding-rhythms.co.uk And um, so the CD is going to be ready um, in real CD form um, very soon. Um, But all of the tracks are up online uh, to download um, for free. So, yeah. And the CD is being given away free. But if you want to donate, then that's fantastic as well. There's a donation link at the bottom of our website page.
3: And we're going to go out and we're going to go out on one of the tracks from that CD. For now, Emily Vermont, Robin Harris, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. you. Bye. Thanks so much.
6: There are times that we feel alone
3: And that's all for this week. My thanks for this week to Emily Vermont and Robin Harris. Thanks, too, to Mark Barr and Bernie Barkley. Theme and incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea and all mug cons. I'm in Quentin Wolfe.
6: That's when we call on the law beyond the sky Yes, if all this world was one and all that is, we feel. we all join hands together in love and unity. Temptation leads us to a place where we burn. That's how the trouble gets worse. Sometimes it's like We've been cursed Wasting time Waiting for our turn All this world was fun, And all with all